Pimelo Mutine on SAFM. All right, RJ Benjamin is here with us. This is Life Happens. My name is Pimelo Mutine. You're on SAFM. And at this time on a Friday, we have a music feature where we unpack really people who have, sometimes we know very well, and have been giants in the music fraternity. Sometimes you just kind of think, who's that? Who's that? You know the music, but you just don't know who this person is. And I think Nile Rogers is one of those people where you think, mm, but I've heard that name, Nile Rogers. Who's Nile Rogers, RJ? Um, okay, I'm going to do this because I think this is the best way for me to explain introduce and yeah. introduce him to your listeners. Uh, besides the songs that we're going to play today. Yeah. Some of the the hits, he's mainly a producer. He's a guitarist. He's an incredible guitarist. Rhythm guitar, probably the best ever. Um, And just to name some of the hits that he produced and played on. uh, He was in a group called Chic uh, in the 70s, one of the biggest disco groups. One of their biggest hits was Africa. He produced music for Sister Sledge. So, what are we talking about? He produced We Are Family. Listeners must know that song. He produced Oh Wow, Oh Wow. You know what's happening now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to out her name because uh, she's going to hate me, but this is somebody from that era who's now dancing oh to the music. God. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, another big track from Sister Sledge was uh, Get Lost in Music. Caught in a trap, no turning back. Um, Dinah Ross, her biggest disco hits, obviously. Um, I'm coming out, I want the world to know. I got to let here. it show. All produced by Nile Rogers. Um, of course, he produced uh, Upside Down by Dinah Ross. Uh, Say it upside down, you're turning me. That song. And um, it doesn't stop there. He produced Like a Virgin for Madonna. He produced Material Girl for Madonna. He produced In Excess's first major hit, Original Sin. He produced Notorious for Duran Duran. And of course, that was sampled by Notorious B.I.G., mm. also called Notorious. He produced, um, uh, your listeners might know that song, uh, what? Lady, hear me tonight, because the feeling is just so right. And well, that's, a, that's not such an old song. It's not an old song, but it was a sample of a chic song ah. uh, from back in the day. Faith Evans' song, um, I never knew there was yes. a love like this before. It's a sample of a chic song. And, and of course, that song became the, if you got your hand, put your hands up. I'm doing a terrible impression of that, and I apologize. <laughs> uh, but uh, the amount of times this man's music has been sampled over the years and just beca- created new hits out of or songs that were already hits is unbelievable. And that's before we even get into the songs today. So... So what's that it thing? Because because these are hits. We're not talking mm. about the number of songs he's produced. We're talking about these are hits. Hits. And, and, the, and yeah. it, it takes a lot to bring out a hit decade after decade after decade. Uh, it takes a lot. It takes a it lot takes to a produce lot. One, one hit. <laughs> yes. One international hit. It's just, it's next Isn't level. Isn't the money to, to yeah. make it popular as in sell and distribute and market or is it the talent? I think it's the talent. I, 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 look, sure, you, you certainly need money, but uh, but but when he was kind of uh, getting into the market, you've got to have some kind of talent. Um, radio DJs talk about when Chic first first came out. Um, in in fact, this is before anyone had heard Chic. They went to go record some stuff um, uh, in a studio. They actually weren't happy, and they wanted to come back and fix it. And that sound engineer who was in that session, who was also a DJ at a club in New York. Um, he was like, this stuff is amazing. I need to play this at, 
in you know really? during my next set yes. he literally mixed down the tracks he didn't let them know okay he went to that club that night and played the music for uh, f- for his uh, w- you know the, the people club, coming yeah. to the club and they lost their minds the <laughs> dance floor filled up and they kept on singing the songs over and over and they got angry with him if he dared play anything else wow and in fact um uh Nile Rogers came went to the club they were invited there um, and this was maybe like two two hours later and walked into this club going euphoric over music they didn't realize had been pressed and mixed down onto vinyl. Um, oh, my goodness. And I think that's, that, that, that's where he realized maybe we've got something, something special here. here. Maybe there's something here. From, from a musical ear, what is that something special? Look, the, the, the magic of Nile Rodgers, um, particularly if, you, if, if you're talking about Chic, mm. um, is is his guitar playing for sure he is he th- there's something infectious about his guitar playing in every single song that we play today i want your your listeners to listen to that guitar playing it was so special that that during the 80s sometimes he wouldn't even produce a song but he'd get calls by artists like peter gabriel uh, michael jackson um uh, in the early 90s called him or i carry called him uh, major artists would literally just call him to come play guitar wow. because they knew that his guitar playing would bring life to their song and make it uh, just just add like the, the mm. you know the the cherry on the top essentially. But also um, in Chic, Chic was really a, a, a two man unit. It was him and this guy who became his sort of soul brother and best friend, uh, who, whose name was Bernard Edwards, Bernie Edwards, who was a bass guitarist. And their grooves are the uh, their bass and guitar grooves are the reason why they've been sampled so much. Um, of course, the first song we're going to play is Good Times. Um, and I'll give you a bit of a story about Good Times. But think about the baseline of, uh, uh, of Good Times. You, uh, your audience will know it because it's one of the most famous baselines of all time. Stays with you, yes. Okay, so it's such a classic baseline. You hear that baseline playing. And you're in, a, you're close to a dance floor. It's very hard not to make your way oh, there. No, okay, we can't now. Let's do it. <laughs> now, I'm not going to say O's now because everybody knows that she's been up on her feet since we started playing the music. <laughs> <laughs> that tells you a lot. That tells you a lot that it's it's a hit. That okay. really is a hit. Okay. Look, no doubt. <laughs> and I mean, uh, just a reminder to your your audience: some some interesting facts about the song. Good times, of course. Uh, created Rapper's Delight uh, by Sugar Hill Gang, which was effectively the song that birthed the hip hop movement, um, s- certainly to the rest of to, to you know to the world at large. Um, and I mean that that had those famous lyrics. I never said them when I was a kid, and don't ever expect <laughs> me. But but I mean I don't know if you ever practiced. No, them, I'm not going to say it now. You know, but I mean I'll, I'll start it off. I said a hip hip a hippie to the hippie to the hip hip hop, and that's as far as I'm going, guys. So um, you you're welcome to carry it on. But I mean that literally bec- it's still an anthem to this very day. Um, it was a number one a Billboard number one hit. What is fascinating about that song is it marked the final number one hit of any disco song. Uh, ever again really um, there was a movement that the rockers at the time um, that was sort of bursting through called D- the disco sucks movement mm. and this was the very late 70s 79 and uh, and ultimately um, they they won over and 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 the song my Sharona 
Yes. I think the group was The Knack. Yes. Um, became the song that killed disco to some degree. Because My Sharona um, was, the, was the song that knocked Good Times off, off the number one Charles. perch. And no, and disco died from there. Disco died from there. In fact, chic is effectively died from there. And they they struggled from there to to get to find the next thing. They released four albums after that. All of them um, not quite making it to the very top. Not quite making it. Uh, why is that? Do you think what had happened there? Well, I, I think was it a what is it, was it a timing thing? Yeah, you know, you, you know, chic chic felt like they had the formula to get people on the dance floor. Yeah. Um, and once they, uh, once the dance floor was taken away effectively, because this, the disco wasn't just about the music; it was a culture. culture. It was mm-hmm. an absolute culture. And the co- once once you killed the culture, then then the music, then where was the music go? Mm-hmm. And and they tried to figure that out. They tried to, to to try and find out. Well, what do we do now? And they just couldn't do it because it wasn't about trying to make music that's going to. Almost like hypnotize people onto a dance floor. Mm. It just didn't work. Four albums, all failures. Um, Bernie uh, and Nile essentially split. Um, the ba- the group disbanded. This is now early eighties. Uh, they each decided we're great musicians and we're going to record solo albums. Both failures, both commercially and critically. Wow! But the big thing was that sometimes you may think your album's a failure, but you don't know. And maybe 20 people uh, bought it, but you don't know that maybe one of those 20 people could be one of the most important and influential people for the next step in your journey. And for Niall, that was the case. David Bowie Mm. heard this album all the way in the UK, but obviously this is David Bowie's all around the world. He loves loves Niall's album, and he wants that sound for his next project. (laughs) And we're talking about 1982. Isn't that interesting that it wasn't another producer who said to him, this is it. It's just by pure chance that he was listening to this music. Pure chance. Uh, I, I mean, uh, you know, uh, David Bowie was absolutely legendary by this stage. What he had, uh, his output in the 70s had made him, um, he was he, he was on, on par at that stage with reverence to a Bob Dylan or the Beatles uh, or, you know, all these kind of bands, Pink Floyd, um, people, people adored Bowie. Bowie fans were mad and, 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 and loved him, but he couldn't. Bowie was struggling with the same thing that Niall was to some degrees. He couldn't figure out how to make hits in the 80s. It was so different to the 70s. Um, you know, there's all this weird avant-garde kind of new wave thing going on. Um, and, and, and he, he, he hadn't, he couldn't get a handle on it. And he called Niall and basically said, I want to work with you. I, um, I think, I think you could make me, make me some hits. And of course, um, that led to, Mm. to the birth of Niall Rogers as a solo producer beyond, uh, you know, chic, um, and so he meets with with David Bowie, and essentially uh, they he produces the album Let's Dance, but the song Let's Dance, which um, I mean, this is how amazing Nile Rodgers is. It becomes David Bowie's biggest album ever. It sells 11 million copies. Uh, Let's Dance, the song becomes a number one hit. It's weird because Bowie fans hate that album because it was so commercially <laughs> successful. Um, but I'm sure Bowie doesn't ha- doesn't mind. Has never complained. There's this famous story where uh, they're listening to the final product of the song, and Niall says to David, uh, uh, "Did I make this too funky?" And Bowie responds, "Niall, darling, 
is there such a thing? Um, you know, uh, and and which is so cool to hear, you know. And, yes. and so, yeah, it basically reignited uh, David Bowie's career. But, of course, it reignited course, Nile no. Rodgers. From there, Nile Rodgers became one of the biggest producers of all time. He produced Madonna's second album, which sold 25 million copies. Of course, Like a Virgin Material goes from that. In Excess had their first hit and became international stars. The list goes on and on. Duran, Duran Duran with Wild Boys and Notorious and all these songs. He just became a superstar what, what, producer. What do you think had happened? He, his ear had tuned in into a new audience. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and I think it came from the... The creative genius of a David Bowie, yeah. coupled with with his uh, creative genius, uh, you know, from the seventies, um, his 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 deep understanding of groove. Because it doesn't matter what decade or era you're from, people want to move and they want to dance and they want they want to bop their head or tap their foot, mm-hmm. and and he ha- has always had the ability to do that right up to right up to to this day. Did he ever work with Shaka Khan? Um, indirectly, okay. um, he played guitar on on a song called Higher Love, which a lot of your audience will know because it's been um, remade. Steve Winwood did a song called "What Bring Me a Higher Love. Nile Rodgers is playing guitar on that song. Of course, who sings on that song? <laughs> the original. Shaka Khan sings on the original song. And, 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 and so that's kind of how they, they've worked together. But, he, but, but besides that, he, he didn't. So in case you're wondering, that's Nile Rogers and you're on SFM's Life Happens. My name is Pimelo Motin. I'm in conversation with RJ Benjamin. And we, we are just we just can't get over this magic life that this man lived, Nile Rogers. And um and if you only had to play his music, you could throw a hell of a party. You could, and a very long party. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Did, did we count five decades of hits? Yeah, um so so really, like the the story, which we'll end with now, is you know fast forward to uh, well to the decade just before this one that we're currently in, um, beginning uh, in around 2010. Nile Rogers gets diagnosed with a very severe um, form of prostate cancer, mm. and um, he battles this uh, for three years, uh, and for uh, for many of those months he he the way he understands it he's not going to make it and finally um he 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 gets through um and he basically wins the battle gets the all clear in 2013 and for some amazing reason serendipitous reason this coincides with the release of a song called get lucky by Daft Punk. <laughs> I mean goodness. Uh, which is is quite amazing and what a way for him to celebrate. Yes. Um it's, it's quite crazy when I think about the, name, think about I mean, the, get, the lucky. get Lucky. It's amazing. I mean. um, and that session was fascinating. So so he was free and uh, Daft Punk and him had threatened to work together for a long time because Daft Punk have made it very clear that their song Around the World, um, a much older Daft Punk song, was influenced by Sheik and Nile Rodgers. And they wanted to work with him. And so they were recording uh, in, um, in uh, Jimi Hendrix's old uh, recording studio in New York which incidentally was the first uh, studio where Sheik had ever recorded their material. And they were recording then. They said to Nile, please come through. And he came through and they played him the, the song Get Lucky. And Nile basically said to him, mute everything except for the drums. And he layered guitars, layer upon layer upon layer upon layer. And what, what um, Daft Punk realized from here is uh, they have to redo the song. His guitars are so good oh, and so word. specific and unique that we uh, literally have to re. Uh, Get, uh, get everybody 
back work around in it. and work around his guitars. This is how influential his just his guitar playing was, and and voila, they cook up Get Lucky. Of course, they bring on Pharrell to to lay down the vocals, but the guitars on on Get Lucky. These are guitars. This is the same kind of player who was playing on Chic albums in 1970, 2013. That's five decades la- uh, you know later. Those guitars won them Grammys, made them multi platinum successes um and and that song would not be the same without those guitars so for your listeners i would say just listen to that magic on on that guitar unbelievable so we've obviously run out of uh, out of out of time <laughs> get lucky and i'm sure um sis judy is just devastated that this this thing is not over sorry judy <laughs> <laughs> the party's over thank you so much judy thank you thank you she's been our, our dj at the background there and not only dj but dj and party going all at the same time thanks everybody rj benjamin thank you always lovely Anytime. that was the music of niall rogers there go back and listen if you want to to get more of that Tabelo Papudi was my producer and Butlokwe as well. Matlosa was also my producer. Thanks, everybody. It's three o'clock.